Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast. Monday morning shot of common sense so that you can continue to start, grow and love your teaching business. Now today I want to talk about something that frankly hadn't really blipped on my radar until I did my NLP practitioner training in the early 2000s. You see, I'm a bloke and I was born with little or no empathy. I think it wasn't really installed. I'd grown up and I knew the world my way and I suppose I believe that just about everybody saw it that way. You know what I mean? Maybe not. But one of the things that the NLP training did for me was made me realize that communication is vitally important. Now, as a teacher, you couldn't really focus on anything that was more vital than your communication skills. Because it's it's the conduit through which everything is delivered to your students. And one thing that I know absolutely for sure now is that a more flexible and effective communicator will convince more people and get their message across more quickly. So I guess what I'm really talking about here is waking up to the need to tailor the way you communicate to the receiving person, your student. I work with a wide range of ages. I've got kids from age seven or thereabouts, through teenagers and younger adults, midlifers. You know, it it tends to go this way. They want a sports car, a motorbike, girlfriend or an electric guitar. And I get the electric guitar guys a lot. Then we get the older folks. Now, one of the things I've really learned to do right at the very onset of interacting with students is ask them about their lives to date, particularly with the older people. This is, for me, a bit like intelligence gathering in preparation for a battle ahead of me. What do I mean by battle? Well... It's like this, old beliefs and old paradigms will fight tooth and nail for their survival, just like a cornered animal or any other life life form that feels it's under threat. People are very resistant to change, and if they have a particular way of looking at the world, we might as well borrow it, harness it, ride it. The great thing about it is these ingrained ideas are already there. They have precedence. They're sort of dug into mental trenches. And my job as a teacher, particularly as a guitar teacher, working with guys who've been playing and failing for donkey's years, is to overcome their existing beliefs, defense systems, and install better ways of thinking, doing, and being. So I always welcome what's there. However, 
harebrained, half-witted, or just plain stupid, some of those ideas actually are, I'm going to recruit them, borrow them. I'm going to make them allies in the battle. I'm going to turn someone's existing beliefs and experiences into a delivery system onto which I'm going to piggyback the new ideas I want them to pick up from me. It's easy to do that when you install the new idea onto the back of something that's already known, proven and trusted. You see, the students are already running these programs and they're expert at it. They've had them for years, whether you call them models or paradigms or worldviews, whatever. As a teacher, I find it extremely useful to hijack them and speak in the terms of the existing paradigm. Now, in hypnosis, there's an idea called utilization. And that's really what this is. It's using what's there. In hypnosis, it also incorporates uh, events and circumstances as they occur. So if I'm teaching with a nervous student and a police car goes past or there's a siren outside, I'll usually go, hey, the music police. And as the sound of the siren fades away into the distance, we can both relax completely because they don't know we're here. It tends to visibly relax students. So I'm taking the intrusion of a noise as being a, a reinforcement of an idea. It's, um, it's kind of like an army that's enlisting the help of local resistance fighters who know the territory, the shortcuts, the opportunities. Whatever is already in the student's mind is going to be useful to us. Now, particularly in older people, a lot of their beliefs will come from their work history. With kids that relate to families. With teenagers, they tend to be flipping and flopping from one place to another. So keep listening as they gradually reveal who they currently are. They're going through all sorts of contingent personality states. So we've got to be prepared for rapid changes. So the maxim is really listen, listen, listen. It's a peculiar thing for me as a, as a guitar teacher that the easiest people to teach are engineers and accountants. The engineers are easy because once I've found out they're an engineer, I give them lots of engineering concepts to work with, like mechanics, leverage, moving mass, mathematical constants, that sort of thing. And that applies directly to the guitar and pretty much to any musical system. With the accountants, you can tell them that the guitar is a pattern-based system. So if they learn one scale pattern, it's possible to copy and paste it somewhere else on the neck. And they love that because they work with spreadsheets all day. With little kids, I'll describe a movable shape chord like a bar chord, which is a guitar element, something that we use all the time, as a family of notes that always travel together. And they all sit in their own little seats on the fretboard, just like they do in the car. And it's easy to get ideas across when you're latching onto something that's already known and understood by the student. And you can really enjoy yourself with this. You can make up all sorts of crazy stuff. So the battle 
that sometimes you might have to fight can become a dance. I'm a big fan of Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War, in which he states, the greatest victory is the one which requires no battle. It's much easier to recruit an enemy or a competing idea into your camp, harness it and have it work for you forever. So guys, listen to what your students say. Pay attention. Find out a little about their daily lives, what they do. Figure out how they think and who they believe themselves to be. In Grigori Raipur's excellent book called Red Gold, which is a an expose of the sports psychology tricks used by the Russian and East German East Russian and East German Olympians in the eighties and nineties, when they were just winning everything. In Grigory Ripo's excellent book, Red Gold, which is an expose of sports psychology techniques used during the, the Soviet era, in which their Olympic teams basically won everything. They talk about something called co-personalities. And this is also part of it, because you've got to find out who people believe themselves to be and try and speak in terms they will understand. I'm really close to people most of the time. I want to find out if they talk in pictures, visual terms, whether they talk in terms of sound or kinesthetics, which is movement. So with the visual people, I'll say, how does that look? With the audio guys, how does that sound? With the kinesthetics, I'll say, how does that feel? How does that grab you? With the olfactory guys, the smell-based guys, I'll ask them if they can sniff out the answer. And the people who think and occasionally talk in gustatory terms, which is all about taste, I might ask them to get a sound that's as smooth as chocolate. If you want to go deep on the, the visual, audio, kinesthetic, olfactory, gustatory language modalities and styles, there are previous episodes of the podcast that cover that. Now, it's worth going into depth on that because over the last two decades, with increased use of NLP concepts about language and really focusing on my listening skills, I've had many realizations. One of the big ones is just how amazing most people actually are, how fascinating their lives are. And believe me, I've learned a boatload from them, from ideas I've asked them about from their disciplines and their lives. If I've demonstrated some overlap and I know a little about what they do on a day-to-day basis, they see me as being more widely read and more valid. How spooky is that? And overall, this has really led to the growth of my own thinking. It's, I think, refined my delivery as a teacher, and it's certainly made me a better teacher. One of the the side benefits for me was the removal of ego. I realized it's, it's really not about me. It's all about the students. My job is to empty everything I know out and inject it into my students through the channels that are appropriate for that student. There's no point in me trying to force things into the wrong channel because the student can't receive that. 
And as I've used what people do on a day-to-day basis and they're familiar with, and then I apply that to the unfamiliar discipline of learning to play guitar, people have just been amazed that the things they do day-to-day can be useful when they're learning something new. That's what I mean by utilization, guys. The rules don't change across different disciplines. The principles remain the same. They just get implemented differently. So it's not too scary. It's not so abstract and unfamiliar. So people can learn faster. And that makes me and you a better teacher if we're able to do that. Now, most of all, I've almost, well, not quite, got a handle on how other people see the world. Although there are a couple of fantastic exceptions I'll probably never figure out as long as I live. By listening to the way they talk, the way they think, and making time to discover who they are, I've been able to interact better with just about everybody around me. As an individual, as a business person, as a tutor, walk a mile in their shoes, listen to what they do, use it. It's not manipulative, it's just more effective communication. So if you're not yet a master of utilization and a flexible communicator, I really recommend you incorporate it into your teaching bag of tricks because it doesn't just make teaching better, it makes life better. Have a go. Let me know how you get on. I'm here to learn. I'm here to listen, not just to talk. Let me know how any of this impacts on you, your experience and your teaching business. And I'd love to hear from you. So get in touch. It's info at neilcamado.com. And you can follow me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. When you get there, hit the subscribe button and you'll automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. So, let's wrap it up for today, and join me next time on the Tudor Podcast, where, as always, it's going to be about how to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.